0: and me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, Even if my testify is on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judge on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true, because I am not alone. I stand with my Father who sent me. In your own law it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is my Father who sent me. Then they asked him, Where is your Father? You do not know me or my Father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple, courts near the place where the offerings were put, yet no one seized him, because his hour had not yet come.
1: And the second Bible reading is taken from Numbers chapter 9, which can be found on page 114 of the Church Bibles. So it's Numbers, chapters 9, starting at verse 15.
0: On the day the tabernacle, the tent over the covenant law, was set up. The cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud covered up above the tabernacle looked like fire. That is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night it looked like fire. Whenever the cloud lifted up from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. Whenever the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out.
1: Thanks, guys. Well, good morning again, everyone. It is lovely to be with you. Uh, will you pray with me and we'll uh, get into this wonderful passage. Father God, we thank you that you love us. Uh, we thank you that you love us in Christ. And you love us so much uh, that we can be called your sons and daughters And Lord, we want to see you more clearly this morning. So through your word, by the power of your spirit, reveal yourself to us again. We want this so we can worship you and know you uh, more dearly. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, lots of things divide us in the hills, don't they? Some of us love Marvel movies. Some of us love DC movies. Some of us follow the Swans. Some of us follow GWS. GWS. Some of us love the new Arnott shapes, others of us love the old Arnott shapes. That's the big one, isn't it? Well, it's actually uh, a big thing that divides my family and that is some of my family are rippers and some of us are peelers. When we get a present, birthday, Christmas, whenever, some of us, like me, just like to rip the paper off in a fit of beautiful rage. Because there's a... You know, I want to get inside. Other parts of my family, including my most beloved, loves to peel every single piece of sticky tape off one by one. It is torturous. So she sits there. I mean, my beloved sits there. And it's, it's literally... You know, you could get a cup of coffee. And, and it's a joyful experience for her. John's Gospel is a big present. What's the gift? What's inside? It's God himself. God is invisible. We all know that. He's so aloof. Yet John announces in his gospel that 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 completely changes when Jesus turned up 2,000 years ago. The most important verse in John's gospel is this, in chapter 118, no one has ever seen God. He's invisible. But the one and only Son... Who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father Has made himself, has made him known Now the problem we have with John Is that he's not a ripper He's a peeler Every chapter is like a piece of sticky tape Where you get just a tiny bit more of the glimpse Of God who is in Jesus Now, you just want to rip the whole thing off and read chapter 22. Now, you can do that, but there is a method to John's madness. You see, every bit of sticky tape, John 1, John 2, John 3, reveals something really rich and amazing about Jesus the Son who reveals God. And so this holiday series for the next three weeks is like three bits of sticky tape. Okay, We're just going to be peeling back a little bit and you'll want more But there is richness in just the little So have a look at the the key verse for today John 8 verse 12 Hopefully it's in your Bibles Jesus said I am the light of the world Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness But will have the light of life You'll agree with me that light is beautiful isn't it For those of you who get up early The dawn of a new day is stunning Last night, the bright lights of football finals is awesome. For those of you romantically inclined, a candlelight dinner is, is stunning. You see, what light does is it just pushes darkness aside and it brings warmth and light, life to every situation. Now, John, John tells us in verse 20 that Jesus tells us these famous words while he was standing in the treasury in the temple. Now the treasury had 13 trumpet-shaped chests along one wall and each of them had a particular name. So as people came to the temple, to church, they would put their giving in the the trumpet, in in these um, chests. And so there was one for the priests and one for the poor and one for the temple workers. Hundreds and hundreds of people would walk past, clink, 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 clink. And as Jesus... As the crowds were walking past, Jesus stood up and said, Hey, everyone, I'm the light of the world. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Well, that's because this story began way back in chapter 7. Jesus was in Jerusalem to celebrate one of Israel's famous three feasts. This one was called Tabernacles. This was an eight-day party of reading and singing and celebrating. What were they celebrating? They were celebrating the generosity of God, especially during Israel's wilderness wanderings for 40 years, a little bit like American Thanksgiving. It also looked forward to God's great promises of the new creation. Now, there were two really special ceremonies during tabernacles. There was the ceremony of water and the ceremony of light. Every day the priests would get some water And they'd pour it into a bowl near the altar And Israel would remember how God gave them water from the rock They also look forward to the future satisfaction of the kingdom of God What did Jesus do on the last day of the feast? You might know this Jesus got everyone attention and he said If anyone should thirst They should come to me and drink well, the second ceremony celebrated God's guiding presence in the wilderness. On the screen, Exodus 13:21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they may travel by day and by night. Each night there was a spectacular ceremony, eight days of this. For in the treasury there were the 13 trumpets and there were eight, sorry, four bowls of oil, 65 litres of oil up in the roof. And each night the youngest priest would have to go over to the ladder and they'd climb up the ladder and together they would light the wick and boom, light would fill the temple. Light would fill Jerusalem. Jerusalem would come alive with light. And Israel would dance and sing through the night. They were celebrating God's presence with them in the wilderness, God's guidance with, of them and God's protection. And they also looked forward to God sending his life-giving light into their dark world. So, on the last day of the feast, Jesus stood up in the treasury with its four big torches and he said, I am the light of Of the world. Do you remember that pillar of fire that you followed through the wilderness? I am the light. I am the glory of God. Wow. Now, what did Jesus mean? Well, quite simply, our piece of sticky tape is simply this Jesus is announcing that he is God. The Old Testament often refers to God being the light. In Psalms 36, God is the fountain of light. When Moses met with God in the tent, Moses' face came out radiating the light. God is the light that led Israel through the wilderness and in Isaiah 49, God promises to send the Messiah as the light for the world. So again in John's Gospel, Jesus announces who God is. Jesus says, i am god in the flesh i'm the god who guides and protects and saves john the baptist and john who wrote this prepared us for this moment in chapter one it's on the screen there was a man sent from god whose name was john john the baptist he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all may believe through him he is not the light came to bear witness about the light, the true light which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. It's a stunning claim, isn't it? The Word who was with God, who is God, is also the light of the world, the dwelling of God amongst us. Now, we have to ask, don't we, why did the light come? Well, that's pretty obvious, isn't it? Why do we turn on the lights at home? Because it's dark. And our world is a dark place. There's been times this week I've turned off the news when my kids were in the room because it was so dark. There was the riots in Charlotte. There's the racism growing in our country. And there's just the simple gluttony of the West when so much of the world is suffering. But this hasn't always been the case, has it? The light of God filled Adam and Eve's world. You know, there was no darkness in the garden. There was no evil in the garden. But when they were given the first choice between light and dark, what did Adam and Eve choose? Darkness. They thought that if they disobeyed God, they would be enlightened but it's a horrible lie. It was a lie then, and it's a lie now. When we disobey God, it always damages us, other people, and our world. And since Eden, darkness has been growing into our world, just like the never-ending winter in Narnia. It's, it's horrible. Now, back in... So, Back in September 3, 1939, Britain declared war on Germany. What was the first thing they did? They blacked out London. The Telegraph, the writer in the Telegraph wrote this. London was lit up like a fairyland in a dazzle that reached to the sky. And then one by one, as a switch was pulled, every area of London went dark. The dazzle becoming a patchwork of lights being snuffed out here and there until a last one remained, and then it was turned out. What was the most common injury on the first night of war? Sprained ankles. Hospitals were filled with sprained ankles and bruised heads as people fell off curbs and walked into lampposts. True story. You see, it's impossible to flourish in darkness. But the darkness isn't just out there, is it? It's in us. It's in you and me. You see, each day we choose to disobey God and that leaves us spiritually blind. We actually often can't see the right and the good things to do. I I can see that my wife and kids are blind. But I often can't see it in myself. But it's there, isn't it? How often do we protect ourselves by pulling someone else down? Or how often do we satisfy ourselves by taking from someone else? You see, sin makes us blind, and then we're fooled into thinking if I disobey God, I will have a better life. We need light. Our dark world needs light and the great news is that there is light for the world. But we didn't make it. That's the key. You see, no one out in our world debates there's darkness. But the cause is always out there. It's the politicians' fault. It's the West's fault. It's, it's ISIS's fault. They're, they're the fault and the solution is in us. We've just got to evolve and be better. The Bible says it's the opposite. The problem is in us. We have the dark, disobedient hearts. And the solution is outside us. Not in science or technology or in evolving humans, but in God, who has acted by sending his light into the world in Jesus Who is Jesus? He is the only hope for the dark world. Actually, Jesus is the only hope for me because only he provides life. It's the great news of Christianity, isn't it? That Jesus is our hope. And it kind of like should be just all good news. But light is confronting that's what we see in verses 13 to 19. You see, the Pharisees, who should be going, yes, the light is here, are angry at Jesus. They don't want to be anywhere near the light. So what do the Pharisees do? They hide in the legal debate. They they, they try and avoid the light as much as they can. Actually, they try and extinguish the light. And they say, you're a liar, Jesus. You're a fool, Jesus. You see, the religious leaders preferred darkness over light. Why? Because light exposes darkness. If I was to shine this at you, you would try and cover yourself and you would try and walk away. Because the light is actually really uncomfortable when it's turned on you. It exposes things. So just like on CSI, where police use the black light to expose blood, Jesus the light exposes our sin. He looks through our nice hills, well-dressed, well-mannered personas, and he looks behind that and he finds our thoughts. He finds our greed and he finds our lust and our selfishness and our lack of faith. And it hurts to stand next to Jesus. It hurts when Jesus puts his light on you. Remember Zacchaeus up the tree? Jesus exposed him and it hurt. The woman at the well in John 4, Jesus came close and and exposed her. And she was like, ah, when we get close to Jesus, he shows us what we're like. Now, it took me a really long time to get this. I grew up with a comparison mindset. What that means is I just grew up comparing myself to other guys at school and other people in the world, and I actually came out okay, above average, B, around there. And so when I became a Christian, I just brought that over. I started to compare myself to other Christians. The thing is, God says, no. No. Comparison comparison is so unimportant to God That he says No It's just Jesus the light And us It's not pleasant isn't it Because when Jesus turns the light on Everything is exposed The light condemns The light exposes And so what do you want to do? You want to run away. You just want to be like Adam and Eve who run and hide from God the light. You want to run away from Jesus. And Jesus says, no, don't run away. I came into the world to expose darkness, yes, and give people life. Jesus not only shows us his sin, he died on a cross to clean us of sin. Jesus, the light, pushes the darkness out of our life. He purifies us of sin and guilt and forgives us completely by dying on the cross. But that's not all. He then pours his life of light into us, like spring coming back to Narnia. Our relationship with God is restored We enjoy certain hope We have God's protection from death and the evil one And he opens our eyes So we can see what the right and the good things are to do We now belong to the family of light We are purified of darkness And we have the eyes to see How do you get this? We'll have a look at verse 8 again. Jesus said, verse 12, sorry. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. We follow Jesus. What does following look like? We actually saw it in our Bible reading in Numbers 13. As Israel wandered through the desert, they followed the light. When the light moved, Israel moved. When the light stopped, Israel stopped. They followed the light by obeying the light. It's the same with us. If you want to follow Jesus, you do it by obeying him. All the benefits of being in the light, his guidance, his protection, his life, are found in obeying Jesus. How do you get it for the first time? By obeying Jesus. Jesus doesn't tell you to be good. He says, believe that I am God in the flesh and then ask for forgiveness for our disobedience. How do we, most of us are Christian, how do we stay in the light? By being members of the family of light. So we say no to the darkness, the lies of darkness, and we trust that Jesus knows how to live life now. And so we seek to obey Jesus at home, at work, at school, and online. We follow Jesus away from sin and temptation and towards godly living. Now, if you've been a Christian for more than five minutes, you know this is really hard. That's because for seven days a week, the world is nipping at you and it's trying to seduce your heart with new lies of darkness. But be encouraged. What is Jesus's mission? It is an unstoppable mission to shine light into our lives so that we will see him and we will be set free to live his way. He is always pushing light into your life. So live in the light. just want to finish this morning with two challenges and a vision of the future. Every night, as most of you do, I get my phone, I charge it, I plug it in and charge it next to my bed. But every four or five weeks, I wake up and it's not there. It's a mystery. Maybe I've sleptwalked. Maybe I forgot to plug it in. But then I hear the whispers coming from the lounge room. They're coming from behind the couch, behind the curtain. It's my two kids playing Angry Birds in the dark. John 3. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his work should be exposed. We know that verse is true, don't we? We believe the lie and therefore we hide in the dark. Lots of our sin happens in the dark, doesn't it? We all know, this morning we all know that there is a part of our life where we are hiding from Jesus. That we, we say, Jesus, I really don't want you to shine the light into that. It might be what you dream about, what your future is going to be like or or it might be how you speak to your wife or your kids or your work colleagues or it might be the internet history you deleted last night because you don't want anyone to find. You know what it is. You know what it is because if someone in this room brought it up with you, you'd be really, really defensive because you don't want light going into that particular area. Well, here's the first challenge. Name that area this morning, and with Jesus' help, ask him to shine his exposing and life-giving light into that area. It'll be painful. The devil does not want you to do it. It will involve confession, saying sorry, and change, saying no to the lies. But remember, Jesus is the light of life. He exposes, he forgives, and he heals. He will help you live God's way. So name it this morning. Secondly, the best torch in the world before the iPhone torch was called the Maglite. Some of you older will know them. They were simply beautiful. You could go into the bush anywhere in Australia and turn your mag light on and you could light up the sky. Our world talks a lot, social media full of opinions, but our world is really a world of blind people trying to find their way. You and I, if you're a Christian this morning, we have a mag light. We know the light of the world and we have his word which gives us light for our path. John 3.21, but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has, always, has been done in the sight of God. The Bible reveals the truth about God. We see him in Jesus. The Bible reveals the truth about life. We see the best life. What's the second challenge? Will you turn on the torch and memorise it? Will you turn on the torch and memorise it? Why would you do Bible memory? It's so that the light of the world will be with you every minute of the day. Nearly every day of the week, the Holy Spirit reminds me of a verse in the word of light that I've memorised for the situation that I'm in. All I need to do is obey. That's hard. But I have the light in me. My choice is to obey. Bible memory is hard but it is worth it you can do it alone you can do it with uh, your wife or your husband you can do it as a family you can do it with a friend but why you do it is you turn the look you turn the light on in your life so you have it with you always we live in a dark world don't we but let me finish with a picture of the future when you think of heaven what comes to mind the Bible tells us it's going to be like a feast. It's going to be like an epic choir. It's going to be like a luscious garden. And it's going to be like an incredible city. Revelation twenty one twenty three The heavenly city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the lamp and the lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light. What is our future? Our future is the beautiful city of light with no darkness or evil. And this is only possible because Jesus, the light, has come into the world. What's Jesus doing today? He is on an unstoppable mission to remove darkness in our world, which will be complete when we're with him forever in heaven. Let me pray. Almighty God of light, thank you for opening our eyes so we see you. Thank you for shining your purifying light into our lives that has helped us confess honestly our sin and the lies of the world and now be purified by the blood of Jesus. Help us as your people to live as the family of light who walk in the path of light as guided by your word with the power of light given by your spirit as we walk to the city of light which we are so excited to live in forever. Amen.